Currently, the world is said to have this unquenchable, growing desire for the spillage of the blood of all Jews. It has nurtured this lust for quite some time, perhaps since 1948 and or the days of Yasser Arafat. The Bible, the infallible word of the living God, assures us that at some point in the not-too-distant future, on his command, a hostile, bloodthirsty consortium of nations will do just that. They will come literally gunning for the blood of all Jews. As the deck is stacked now, however, there is a major, powerful, and highly influential impediment to that grand initiative that must, and the Bible assures us, will be removed. Informed Bible prophecy students know that this impediment cannot but be the hated and despised Babylon the Great. Join us in this riveting study as we reveal the who of Babylon the Great and the why driving God's unabated loathing of her and his relentless determination to see her forever demolished, never to rise again. Preface Pearl Harbor aside, 1993 was the year of the first enemy offensive on mainland American soil, since in concession to defeat, the Redcoats were driven out in 1776, or at least it was officially declared and documented that they no longer controlled the colonies. 9-11-2001 was a reminder and proof positive that it was far from the last. Note, it has been brought to my attention that, by consequence of the War of 1812, the British were drawn back onto American shores briefly, in which case Washington, D.C. was destroyed before they left for good. This appears to be another one of those facts of American history that revisionists conveniently saw fit to leave out of school textbooks. Military analysts and forecasters fully anticipate and warn that whether by Al-Qaeda, Hamas, or whomever the U.S. could be hit again, hard, sometime within the next few years. Some thought as early as 9-11-2013. Today, as of 07-04-2021, as the nation celebrated another 4th of July, we can all breathe a sigh of relief given the fact that that grim prospect has yet to materialize. Meanwhile, in answer to the expectations of those analysts and other pundits which square with the Bible's millennium's old predictions, the grim reaper stands, his sickle ever at the ready. Whatever the joyous festivities surrounding this or any Independence Day celebration, the fall of a powerful, globally recognized, in-times commercial and political entity that will be catastrophically cut down while still standing tall at the height of her glory remains as much imminent as it is assured. The reaper's weight will not go unrequited. His patience will be served its just reward. He will have his day and his fill at the expense of that in-times nation who is the center of God's sore displeasure. As with the Pharaoh and his Egyptians of old, followed by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, this is why this nation was raised up, an arrogant, gloating, egotistical entity that could and would be knocked down to the glory and satisfaction of the one who beyond question orchestrated her being. Who could that be, you ask? Contrary to Harold Camping and the Mayans and their calendar, the Bible purported without equivocation that there would be life after 2012. And so it is. 
The world did not end, but many wondered. Could this be the year of the beginning of the end for the world's most powerful nation ever? Is America mentioned here or anywhere else in Bible prophecy? Like Babylon the Great of the Apocalypse, none has ever enjoyed such privilege and prestige as she. The melting pot shares a profile with antiquity that is exactly identical in virtually every way. Could it be, therefore, that God actually harbors a deep-seated loathing and a seething longing that could see her calamitously emptied of all that she holds near and dear, thrown back in time two hundred years in horrific short order, in the not-too-distant future? Why would he, you wonder? Furthermore, modern technology is marvelous indeed, but has it contributed sufficiently to any nation's killing machine, so as to allow for the downing of so strong and dispersed a nation, so formidable a force, in only sixty minutes, knowing her might and the known strategic distribution of that might around the world? Is that rational? After all, God's assurance is that it is the nations who, unwittingly, perhaps, will do the honors of the administration of His wrath. The facts are startling. By careful and thorough analysis and discussion of chapter 18 of the book of the Revelation in light of history, current events, and modern technological killing mechanisms, this book promises to lay out and to establish in chilling detail that the Babylon the Great portrayed here is not an ancient entity, nor is she a future pet project of the beast, the Antichrist, by whom ancient Babylon is rebuilt, contrary to evangelical fundamentalist dogma, a metaphor and pet name to the Almighty, for an economic commercial entity bred for destruction, she is per se not a city at all. Rather, this author will show in no uncertain terms that Babylon the Great prances today across the world scene, unwittingly, in a virtual dance of death, like an arrogant fool, blinded by excess, misled by her churches, used and abused by her politicians. She struts now, at this hour, as one fattened for slaughter, Overly satiated, she basks in the heat of an inconspicuous glare from eyes that stare, continuously, from a distance. They await the revelry as she is set ablaze and leveled to the ground, pummeled without mercy by rains that drop, as if from steaming hot clouds, shot straight up from the depths of hell. The technology of modern war and end-times killing machinery makes it so, products and toys, complements of the unlocking of Pandora's box. Babylon the Great must be, and she will be humbled, by divine decree. She will be eternally humiliated before the apocalypse can commence. Yet God assures us that He seeks glory and recognition in the eyes of men from both her ruinous collapse and the triumphant rise of the Jews. In the space of sixty minutes she will absorb an eternity of flames on her way to the lake by way of a millennial hell so great is his hatred, so deep is his revulsion for her. No nation is, has been, or ever will be more hated than she is. The die having been cast, the type now set, God issues a stern, searching and sweeping warning to a symbolic seven thousand in her midst, 1 Kings 19, 13, 14, 19. 
as if to a private Ryan who weighs heavily on his heart, distinguish yourselves, or you will share in the gluttony of her ravenous, complete decimation. Revernaus 18.4 Prologue Every waking moment, 300 million citizens of privilege face unknowingly the grim prospect of an arrogant homeland who, at the height of her folly, in nonchalant frolic, is subject to an everlasting oblivion through a virtually instant vaporization. She is as much known for her power as for her prosperity, for her prestige, as for her privilege. There is none like her now. There has been none like her in the past. There will never be another like her in the future. God's will does not demand it. The nations, per the wisdom of Henry Kissinger, are already conditioned to never allow for it. From her conception in antiquity, she was as real as life itself, known and confined to the mind of her Creator. Since her revelation in the unveiling, she has long been to men a mere specter of her current reality, for two virtual millennia. Relished from afar with only the most grievous loathing, her being is confined to these last days. Across the annals of time throughout all the history of mankind, only two entities gracing the minds of modern men can claim her profile one on paper, the other in flesh. The amount of attention and detail given to her much-desired downfall far surpasses that of any other single theme in the Apocalypse, written by John. That makes her the lead-off witness in this revelation of God's determination for the close of the latter days. For almost 2,000 years, she has been catalogued under the pseudonym Babylon the Great. Who is she, in today's terms? She is envied and hated by most, loved by some, needed by all. Any of her citizens making 2,000 U.S. dollars in one month make more than 75% of the world's 7 billion souls will earn in one year. This makes Babylon the Great unmatched in every way among global entities, in these end times. Nonetheless, examined from a higher point of view, rated on a higher scale, none is more insufferable than she. She is cosmopolitan, a free trader, greatest military power of all time. No nation has ever been more blessed in virtually every sense of the word than Babylon the Great, not even the apple of God's eye. Yet from above, as she is scrutinized daily, sifted and weighed in the balances moment by moment, having defied even God and His will in favor of her own, one sole determination for this end-times giant and envy of the other nations has been handwritten upon the walls of her waning hours, for impact, for a dramatic and dynamic show of force. As she struts, as she rattles her saber, as she flexes power-packed muscle of a military might most uncanny, and as she gloats in Goliath overtones before the world around the globe, Wielding teeth in testament to that strength, by divine decree, she must and she will be obliterated in under one hour. Although envied and despised by all, the industrialized world will not be able to continue as is without her. Her impact and influence upon the nations of the earth will have been unparalleled. Her loss and downfall will spell financial ruin and economic chaos the world over. 
To date, one and only one foot fits her profile. By God's design, none can ever fill the void she will leave. This book, Prelude to the Apocalypse, America in Bible Prophecy, begins with a thorough examination of the 18th chapter of the Book of the Revelation. To further develop, establish, and buttress the thesis of this treatise, the book is basically divided into several main topics. Revelation 18, an expository look at the 18th chapter of the Book of the Revelation. Gateway to Hell gets the ball rolling in terms of why the U.S. must be destroyed. Babylon the Great discusses and establishes the who behind the mask of Babylon the Great, in addition to showing, as well, that the profiles of chapter 17 and chapter 18 point to two entirely different entities, whatever the similarities in names, Babylon the Great discusses at some length relevant history, current events, and textual perversions of Scripture widely held by white Protestant American evangelicals and fundamentalists. These discussions all coalesce so as to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that Babylon the Great is not Babylon, Iraq. The Achilles heel sheds light in the area of the horrific technology that breathes life into a 2,000-year-old, otherwise lethargic Bible prediction, making it now an eminent reality. Trojan Horse on Fifth Column recognizes that in order to effect so horrendous a collapse, some of the most advanced and technologically superior early warning systems on Earth must be compromised. In addition, Trojan Horse, Fifth Column, illustrates how 9-11 demonstrated in broad daylight just how such a breach could and doubtless will be carried out, imperiling the lives of over 300 million unsuspecting souls. Notwithstanding her placement in the apocalyptic narrative, her fall is mandated so as to open the gateway to the apocalypse, foreseen by John, feared now by leaders around the world. With the U.S. occupation and engagement in Afghanistan drawing to a close as of or 904 2013 and with the administration of current President Obama fishing for excuses to stay in the Middle East, based upon Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad's alleged gassing of his civilian population, America's God-ordained doom could be much nearer than we might ever wish to imagine. The tension in that region raises the specter of that impending doom that much higher, thanks to Assad's counter-threat to Israel and by the Russia-China threat to intervene on behalf of Assad, should the U.S. go ahead with plans to fire missiles into Syria. But for God's determination no one wants, nor can any side afford, a protracted war with the U.S. The chief beneficiary, quite in keeping with her motto, war is good for the economy, would be the melting pot. Thus, realizing that she wants war and she needs war, like a green-eyed monster who thirsts for blood, should a shootout start, once it starts, whatever is to be done to her, by her enemies, must be done quickly. Babylon the Great must be dispatched in short order, and that post-haste. And, as mentioned previously in the preface, the events and tensions surrounding the Ukrainian Crimea Peninsula just might be the trigger that fires the one nation most capable, alone, of ushering in the Bible's long-anticipated downfall of the USA. 
This being the case, before either the events spelled out in the Revelation or those of the visions of the prophet Ezekiel can transpire, Babylon the Great must and will fall, well, within the space of 60 minutes. And that, my friends, will do it for this first episode of our Bible Prophecy Masterclass. Please make plans now to join us next time for episode number two of this compelling podcast. Also, don't forget to tell others about this grand initiative. Until next time, as we depart and you smash that like button and subscribe, may God richly bless you and yours.